0: Welcome to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host Tanner Dehart, joining alongside Tony Mulvey. Um, it's finally August. We're only a few months away here to our event. We are really excited about it. Um, it is extremely hot outside. I am like sweating coming in. Yeah, uh, Tennessee is not a fun place to be.
1: No, it's it's crazy outside. I mean, you walk outside and you immediately start sweating, and it's. I think it's that way across most of the country right now. I know Kaylee's talked about it on Freight Waves now. Kaylee Nick's talked about it on Freight Waves now. But I mean, it is—it's hot, and you know what else has been kind of showing some heat—the freight market. At least freight volumes have been heating up over the past, you know, couple weeks. Couple basically all of July was was stronger than I anticipated it ever would be.
0: Yeah, me too. And I, I'm curious if it's just because we've been at a bottom for so long. Like, Is it finally, Tom, you know, does any sparkling of upper momentum just feel exciting, right? I feel yeah. like there's been this excitement over the last two weeks. And there's been a lot of drama in the freight industry, right, with yellow and, and then the, the potential of the UPS, which is all cleared up. But there's there's been a lot of drama to talk about.
1: Yeah, a lot of drama. Also, you think about it, look at how much money the government's, well, the bills that the government signed in to... For spending, right? You had CHIPS Act, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and the Infrastructure Bill, and the Build Back Better, right? So a bunch of government spending, could that be a driver of it? It's been, I mean, how long now since some of those got passed? And we're talking months, if not over a year since some of these have gotten passed. Maybe that's just starting to flow. Just starting to matriculate into the freight market. Maybe that's what we're seeing. It, it's really hard. I mean, there's a lot of factors that are at play in the mo- current moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder if it's just kind of smoke and mirror those, right? Because if you think about it from a standpoint, take a step back. The United States federal government is really just a really big corporation, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately, they spend way more money than they make, right? And so, from any even if you're a small business owner, right? If you're a laundromat, car lot, bank, it doesn't matter. If you spend more money than you make, that's usually a problem.
1: It is a problem. It's been a problem as federal government for a long time. I think one of the things that's interesting right now, right? Fed raised interest rates once again, and we've talked about it for how many months now? I mean, six. That it feels like they've gone too far. They they pulled the lever too much, and they continue to pull it because they're not seeing the slowdown in the economy that they need to see that shows inflation's under control. Well, we're natu- you're seeing smaller increases on the inflation side every month. Naturally, that 12-month rolling total that they look at is going to come closer to that target level just as you drop off 1% months per 0.1 or 0.2% months. It naturally comes down. I think that's one of the interesting Parts is we've not been in a deflationary environment, right? We haven't seen months of prices actually going yeah. down, right? You see it in some commodities. And, I mean, gas prices being one of the most volatile where you see prices fluctuate significantly. It looks great. Look here in Chattanooga. I mean, they were, what, sub $3 two weeks ago, and now they're three, I think I paid three thirty six yesterday. So, I mean, you're talking wild swings on a month-to-month basis. doesn't seem under control, but that metric is also kind of outdated
0: yeah no it is uh two percent is pretty aggressive don't know if it's too far too fast we'll see what ends up shaking out but to your point tony i think we know people say oh well you know things are getting better or inflation's coming down but like you mentioned it's still positive like things are technically still getting more expensive right and they're still outpacing the growth of what the money that people are bringing in in their pockets and I think we have one huge headwind still a, still ahead of us in September, right? Student loan payments start back up. Yeah. I don't think, Tony, when, do you think that's going to be like an immediate impact? Like September 1st, we're going to see spending decline or how long do you think that's going to take?
1: Well, so I didn't realize this when the bill, the most recent bill basically kept the government from defaulting. It basically pushed, it allowed student loans start accruing interest again in September, but payments restart the first. So, like, you can defer the payment for September. Your payment restarts in October, which is interesting, right? So, we've pushed it back another month, but now we've pushed it into the fourth quarter as opposed to, you know, it's October 1st, well, now we have this fourth quarter. I think it's going to be an issue. And I say that because if you go and look at the savings rate right now, Mm -hmm. it's sub 5%. I mean, it's like, I think it's 4.3%. I wrote about it. It'll be in the Daily Watch tomorrow talking about the impacts of student loans and why I think that is a headwind ahead of us. One, savings rates are so low. Prior to the pandemic, they were up near 9, 10%. So that's the savings of discretionary income. Now it's closer to 4, 5%, so sub 5%. You add a $300 a month payment into consumers that already have smaller savings. It seems like the incentive to go spend money is definitely taken away and you're headed into what should be the peak. And if people, that shock factor hits them, I think that's going to be the big part. It's going to be a shock factor, not just like, a oh, we got to stop spending on all this other stuff because we have this bill now that we haven't been paying for the last three years that we'll see how smart people were with their monthly budgets, but it doesn't seem likely.
0: Yeah, so quick math here. You said $300 a month. There's roughly 42 million Americans that have student loan debt. That's $12.6 billion. So you're saying that on October 1st, each month, there will be roughly $13 billion that gets taken out of the spending. Close take, take to, now spending.
1: Yeah, close to it. I mean, yeah. It, and the thing is, it's not like a one-time hit, right? It's monthly. It, so
0: That's every month. Yeah, every
1: every month. month. I think one of the other interesting parts that'll be in the Daily Watch tomorrow for those Sonar subscribers is there has been a... So with that, right? Tw- that's total. Uh-huh. The number of payments currently going on, Their number of payers that have actually paid is down about 70% from where it was pre-pandemic. So you have had people continue to pay on their student loans. Yeah. Their average payment, like the average payment because of that drop-off is actually significantly higher. It's like in the $470 range right now has been their average payment. But those are the people that are also in better financial shape. They've been able, they've continued to repay it like it never was in deferment. Yeah. I think that's one of the interesting things is the ones that stopped, me included, it's, it is going to affect spending trends at least short term, right? Until you see how it actually plays out in your monthly life or like in your monthly budget. Yes, you can budget for it, but until you either need to put that money away for the first few or you're going to be in, again, for a shock come October 1st when, when they are ultimately start coming due.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's, let's go ahead and, and go back to the freight markets, Tony. You mentioned that volumes have been heating up a little bit, which it, it has. So let's go ahead and take a look at this chart. So this is just our bread and butter, otvi.usa, right? So outbound total volume index. Pretty interesting. Um, yeah. where, where, where are we?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you continue. We are really, we're at the highest levels we've been all year. So definitely seen an increase. I mean, I think the interesting part here is we've always compared to 2019, 2019, 2018. This trend line is closer to what we saw in 2020 at the end of July. But that said, you've seen the growth compared to 2018. You would have expected to see the growth compared to 2018, right? As you want to have the economy continue to grow. So naturally you'd have growth in the freight market. If the economy is growing, good spending is, or good moving is part of that growth. basically it's like the pandemic never happened and we just continued on this growth, right? And I think that's the hard part is we got, I don't want to say got used to it, but the the levels that we were at, while unsustainable, did sustain themselves for 18 months, right? Or, I mean, really almost two full years at these elevated volume levels. I think what's interesting and what's something I paid attention to around these earnings releases that have started coming out, especially around CPG companies, If you go in and look, they talk about, I mean, revenue's okay, but they talk about their mix and and how different it is. Volume, largely, is down, but they're seeing higher revenues because the pricing is higher, Mm -hmm. right? So they're starting to pass those price. It was, I know Zach Strickland wrote a chart of the week comparing the CPI, the consumer price index to the producer price index and how it wasn't quite back to where Basically, as a proxy for margins for these producers, it wasn't back to where it was pre pandemic. So, working to get back to these margin levels, one of the ways they do that is their price went up early in the pandemic. Now they're able to pass off some of that pricing through into their customers, but they can do it at a slower rate, right? I mean, they're not trying, they're not going to drop prices 10% it'll be 1% this month, 1% the next month, 1 and slowly over time you have an impact where volume can kind of shrink but you've taken so much the prices have increased so significantly that it offsets any decline in volume because and that's that's what seems to be happening for a lot of these CPG companies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the recent surge, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about the the Yellow situation, right? But the Yellow was a big company and they have a lot of LTL freight, right? Yes. And these other LTL companies, right, ODFL, U- UPS, FedEx, they can't necessarily handle all that overflow. Mm-hmm. So I do think that the, a little bit of the surgence is probably some of that LTL boiding over into truckload.
1: Yeah. And the other factor, and this is like Yellow's and... Teamsters' president, Sean O'Brien, his one of his sticking points and what Yellow wanted to do and they didn't, the Teamsters were hesitant to give it up was to outsource the line haul moves within their network. Eh. And you, what you'll see is a lot of the other LTL providers will do that. One, because it makes economic sense. But two, they know what they're good at, right? And that is the LTL movements. They can outsource truckload movements if the case is the way I, this is, I don't know how big of an impact it's having, but you think about it, you would have had disruptions with UPS, striking, and yellow. I mean, that's two significant players. But you take it, we we knew the reports of yellow customers pulling freight. If they moved it, which would, I don't know how much got moved to other LTL providers. I know there have been some that have talked about increases, but if they sit there and turn around and outsource their line haul moves, it might show up in here as contract because they probably have contracts with over the road trucking companies to move from terminal to terminal and they can just, Hey, I know we had five trucks on this lane. Well, now we have with this, we've added, now we're going to have seven. You might see a slight uptick. I, again, it's hard to put the finger directly on that, but the timing kind of lighted up because when you really saw the big increase in July. Is right around July 20th, yep. which is about a week prior to the threat of the sh- really intensified. So the timing lines up, it's just a matter of how much did that actually happen.
0: Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people prepared for it, right? We yep. heard rumors of Walmart and other companies starting to pull freight from yellow, re- canceling requests, moving them to other carriers. So that's probably a big piece of that too. Now, moving, moving into the future, um, let's take a look at truckload rates next, right? So the spot market truckload rate, uh, Freightwaves NTI, um, we're we're kind of we've been at this really weird uh, basically floor right. Yeah. So let's, let's just call it a floor right. We I think I tweeted the other day that we've been at about 112 days. We're at about 223 per mile mm-hmm. right. Um, as of yesterday morning, we ticked up above that 100 day at 224, and then our forecast is actually showing about another seven cent increase, about 231. What what, what do you think about this forecast?
1: I think it plays into kind of. Well, and we'll touch on it here in a second is what's happening on the ocean. I think you're going to see maybe this demand increases sustainable. I think that's one thing. The other factor is some seasonality in it, right? The, you, the end of August, early September, this, this year being September 1st is on a Friday into Labor Day weekend. You have capacity come offline, tightens the market, pushes rates up. So I, and. Typically, and we do it every month, you circle the 15th of the month and see what happens in that 15th. Typically, that's the point where you see upward movements in rates because carriers understand that shippers need things moved off their docks and they ultimately force, or don't force them to pay higher prices. They try to put upward pressure on the prices and shippers have the option to pay it or not, right? They They can test their loss in the market, but ultimately it's a who's kind of in control with this flat line. So carriers are kind of reluctant to take any more to drop below this. Yeah. But shippers have the pricing power, right? I mean they're they're not trying to push rates below this number either.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't necessarily think that shippers really care if it goes up 7 cents a mile, but at least it's a start, right? Yep. Because it has come down so far. And you're right. Like shippers could probably test their luck, but not a huge difference between contracted and spot. I mean, we are starting to get that contracting gap a little bit, um, but is it, is it really worth the time? And, and Tony, another thing that I think the reason that these rates, all-in spot rates might continue to climb is actually the recent move in diesel fuel.
1: Yes, that that too, right? Because this is the all-in rate. And I mean, if you look at the spread between wholesale and retail diesel fuel, it's what, 90 cents, somewhere around that. Just a few weeks ago, it was a $1.30. Mm-hmm. So what is that? 40 cents diesel fuels four dollars and ten cents so you're talking about a 10 percent increase you could have at the retail locations and it basically puts the spread back to where it was where station owners were relatively comfortable again they're not trying to make money on diesel it's not a money maker for most of these retail truck stop locations like they want you to come buy diesel there to go inside and spend money on things like coffee and sodas and things that are higher margin because, yes, what you're paying at the pump, their prices have shot up with that re- wholesale price shooting up, but they have to pay taxes. They have to pay for the transportation. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it that is baked in or put into that retail spot. So I do think that has some impact as well. I'm One of the interesting things that I think is... So week to week, this was the biggest week with the DOE that we haven't seen it react sooner, right? But I looked at the daily and it was at 2:20 this morning. Yep. Yeah. So you're talking, you haven't seen a reaction in spot rates move higher yet, and that increase has been going on for what, ten, twelve days, think, two yeah. weeks. So yeah. So I mean, I the reaction I thought you would have seen yeah. maybe hasn't shown up yet. And that could be another factor that is ultimately saying, "Hey, it, diesel prices will help push rates up, but it take it's not an instant flip of the switch. We're going to raise our rates because diesel prices are higher." Like, yep. see how it plays out
0: for sure. And I think another thing that looking at fuel right that also messes with contracted rates, yes. right? Because that fuel does change. So obviously, it fluctuates as prices go, you know, go up and down. But I mean, contract rates will also. Maybe get a little bit of a break, right? Maybe if fuel does continue to go up, maybe we continue to see line hauls move. So another interesting one we gotta we gotta watch after. Now we talked about yellow, maybe the implications that on the truckload market, but there actually has been a significant increase in the amount of imports that are coming into the US, the amount of shipments. So um let's go ahead and bring that next chart up. It's the inbound ocean shipping index, right? So we're looking at you know how many the basically the upstream as far as you can go, how many shipments are being ordered, what's the demand for shipments and uh, it's a 32 and basically a 32% increase since post Chinese new year. Uh, that's a, that's a decent.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. Uh, I think if you were looking for a positive sign for domestic transportation, not just in the truckload market, but overall, like this is, that's your sign. I think when you factor in the question is how fast do shippers need to restock yep. the inventory? Like, We're still down year over year, but we've recovered. And if this is the peak, because I'm looking at last year's, right? It peaked out on, the peak was the last week in June. And then we have in decline since then. So if this is just maybe maybe a more muted peak and it's a little longer, right? We're seeing this ramp. I think the question is, what does this do? And I had this conversation earlier with the customers like, what does this do in the next 15 days? I think that'll be really telling because once you get past September, well, again, that bid August number, even into the back half of the month. So say, give it the next four weeks. What happens? Because September, if your stuff is leaving overseas in September, you're going to be rushing it to to get on the shelves for any holiday season. Yeah. because We have to remember the pandemic basically accelerated the holiday shopping season. It really starts at the beginning of November now, as opposed to, you know, Black Friday. is not as big of a deal as it used to be. You see deals all through the month of November. If that stuff's not basically leaving overseas by the beginning of September, odds of it making it to the shelves by that early to mid-November, it gets a lot more difficult. And I think that's why... Say the next four weeks are are really important to how if this continues this trend if it levels off if it declines from here but ultimately it is a positive sign right but you look at where we are in comparison to last year it's it's still down and it's thirty two percent off that lunar new year but the lunar new year was at the depths of uh I mean the lowest levels we've seen in it mm-hmm. in quite some time
0: yeah so so crystal ball time here Tony. If if we get to 2,500, you're looking at roughly a 50% increase. So we dip back down to, let's say, seventeen, 1,800, you're looking at like a 15% increase. So well, three weeks from now, three, four weeks from now, Tony, where, where are we? Are we are we up 50% or are we only up 15% since 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 post-Chinese New Year? Ooh,
1: that's a tough one. I You know, the number I actually like looking at this chart is that 2,250 number. Okay. Uh, so it's not a huge increase. That's the one. That would be the one I look for because I'm looking. Again, I go back to last year just because we kind of leveled off around that level in August. So is and then we declined. What middle of the month? Mm -hmm. Basically, the middle of the month it leveled off right at that 2250, and then declined from there. So it would be nice to see it get back to that level. Yeah, because that's where you're going to inflect positive year over year on the ocean, and that's what you need. So that's the number I'm really looking forward to. If if we touch that, uh, I think it's a really positive sign. If we don't hit it, it's maybe not the end of the world if we can sustain at where we are currently.
0: Yeah, definitely positive momentum. And I've been to a few stores recently and it doesn't seem like they have any stocking issues. Everything's back yeah. on the shelves. Nothing's really super sold out, right? Like I saw a couple PS5s at Walmart the other day. Like like they have stuff, right? So I don't necessarily know if this is like a oh, quick, quick, quick restocking issue. Like, I, I think this is ongoing spending and ongoing demand. I truly yeah. do.
1: Yeah, I think the concern is, like, you start looking at consumer spending trends and they're showing signs of slowing down. And it's yep. like, are we are we doing a similar issue where we realized we had an inventory problem and it was too late? Like, are we ordering now? And as the consumer is hitting the brakes and could really hit the brakes come, what, three months from now, whatever... October 1st is like, are we, are we effectively putting ourselves in the same position we were when we had too much inventory because they had to order so much because they couldn't get the stuff in Mm. when they placed the orders. And then they realized that, oh, everything's changed and spending patterns have changed because nominal spending, I saw it in a McKinsey report just last week that nominal spending turned negative year over year for like the first time in like multiple years. And we're talking nominal spending. Yeah, adjust that for inflation; real spending's down even further. And I think these orders are anticipating, you know, the consumer staying stable. I mean, I don't want to say down, but I mean, if these these patterns hold, relatively stable, right?
0: Yeah. Have and now, Tony have Have we gotten July's credit card spending report yet? For month, seen.
1: So, I saw a report. It's kind of the abbreviated report. We'll get the the full one. I would assume by the end of the week, if not early next week. But I think one of the interesting things is one of the areas that's really grown in the consumer is entertainment. Yeah. And it was driven by Barbie, Barbie. and, and yeah. Ira They drove entertainment spending. I think one one of the, yeah, it's great. The problem is, it's it doesn't matter for the freight market, right? So <laughs> it, it's one of those, yeah. I think one of the areas that did grow, and this is growing, again, nominally, not, adjusted for inflation was grocery spending. It continues to be up 2 3% year over here, and it's just stable in that way. And it doesn't fluctuate like some of the other goods. And I, it was, we had obviously a prime day. If you had Walmart mm-hmm. run there, Walmart Plus, similar trends. Yeah. Best Buy did something similar. Target did something similar. So they all did this, and it might not have necessarily boosted the way Boosted spending the way people maybe hoped it would have throughout the entire month. It it probably, the number, the initial read I saw on Prime Day was that it was really in line with where it was last year, which is not what you want to see. No, Because if you're in line, you want to continue to grow. And ultimately, That's that's, it's a sign of maybe the consumer doesn't want to spend as much money as they thought they wanted to. So, It's an interesting time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this Wednesday. We will be back next week. If you want to catch more with Sonar or any Freightweaves TV, you can find us on FreightweavesTV.com or YouTube. We hope you have a great rest of your week.